Hi, Eileen. How are you? Hi. I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I am super excited to have you here. So let me give a little intro. Eileen Jimenez is a founder of Sire Design and an amazing interior designer that's soon going to be the main star of a Netflix show called Designing Miami. How are you doing today? I well, I mean, we're talking, so what better way to celebrate Friday? It's a Friday afternoon. I'm talking to you. We're chatting. It's great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to chat. Not only okay. you know because I really like you, but also because I would really like to learn about like your journey, your experience, and how. Because I've seen your work, you you can really create a beautiful space. So Thank I want to learn a lot about you know all the tips and tricks that some people could do in their own homes, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of to like change their environment. So let's start with you. Where are you born? Where did you go to school? When did you get into design and all that? So I was born and raised in Miami. My parents are Cuban, so Latina background. And I've pretty much lived the majority of my life here in in Miami. I did live in Costa Rica for six years. That's where I studied architecture. Um, But I really had no idea that I was going to go through the realm of design. I thought I was going to become an attorney. My goal was to eventually become a judge. So, you know, that completely shifted. (laughs) So I I ended up going to Costa Rica for a short period of time because I graduated high school very early. I graduated when I was 16. So I was a bit indecisive as to what I wanted to do. So when I went to Costa Rica, I started with business. I figured, hey, listen, business administration is something that I could use at any point in my life. And while I was studying business, I became friends with the Dean of Architecture and that opened up Pandora's box. I saw what architecture was and I fell in love and redirected, you know, my career and went through architecture. That's where I, you know, fell in love also with interiors and the rest has become history. Here we are 10 years later. How did you like growing up in Miami? You know, Miami was very different a long time ago. Like Miami was very, mm-hmm. very different. Um, you know, I enjoyed it because again, it's, it's what I knew. I think mm-hmm. leaving to another country and living in another country, you know, for seven years made me miss Miami. The reason why I came mm-hmm. back and I started to appreciate the things that I didn't really necessarily, necessarily, you know, know that I loved about Miami. I love mm-hmm. the downtown of Miami. I love the mix of culture, the beach. It, there's just a vibe about Miami. that's very different. It's really hard to like grasp and explain to somebody, but you just know when mm-hmm. you come here that there's something different. And I always miss that. I would think of Miami and I'd be like, Oh, so mm-hmm. I knew when the time came that I was going to come back. So now I look at it now, all of the those things make sense, you know, from like going to Vicky Bakery and getting pastelitos because that's what we did <laughs> as Cubans, you know, growing up and going to a yeah. parents' house to going to the beach and so many things that just is what I consider home. Miami is my home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you said you wanted to be an attorney. How come you kind of yeah. decided to cancel that and start towards the design yeah. world? You know, if you ask my husband, he says I'd be an amazing attorney because I'm really bossy and I'm really good at winning arguments. I think that's the Virgo in me. Maybe the Virgo in me is the reason why. I told you my you boyfriend's know, a Virgo can't too. You guys are amazing. Ah, so I love you see, Virgos. <laughs> you fake. That's it. You I, you already know what you already know what to expect. Yeah, I know. So what with I'm that, doing. you know, exactly. So with that, you know, also comes a side where we're undercover emotional. And that Mm -hmm. part of being undercover emotional is what didn't allow me to fully digest into law. Because if I was going to become a judge, I know at some point there would be somebody that I would be putting in jail that didn't deserve to be there. And then I knew at some point I was going to let somebody 
free that didn't deserve to be free. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that weighed very heavily in my conscience, which is the reason why it also made me like redirect into, you know, going, okay, let me start with business. That's safe. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then everything else fell into place. And ever since I've, I don't see myself doing anything else. Like I see myself doing different aspects of design, but just being creative, I think allows you to do something different every single day. Every project is different. Every situation, every problem is different versus it being the same thing, you know, over and over. Mm -hmm. Can you remember a moment when you're like, okay, this is really what I wanted to do. Like, this is what I want to do in life. Yeah. So I remember when I walked into the building of architecture, just alone, the building was different. And there was you know, the students work plastered all over the walls and that's how we would present, you know, afterwards I would understand. And I was so fascinated with what people had created and how it was, I had never seen the places that we live and the places that we go to designed by someone. I just thought, I, I, like my brain never wrapped around like somebody's designing this and mm-hmm. seeing that in real life, I was like, oh, I love this. And I'll never forget. I called my father because thankfully my father at that point was, funding my education. I was like, Hey dad, you know, I know I'm almost done with, you know, business. And like, I, you know, the goal was, is I was going to go study international commerce and I was going to travel the world. I was like, I know I'm almost done, but I want to go in this direction. And thankfully he supported me. He's like, whatever you want. And I went into architecture. And even then I went into architecture. I didn't go into interior design. And -hmm. I remember always designing the architecture and always in tiny designing the interiors. And my professors would get upset at me. Like, Eileen, you're studying architecture. You're going to become an architect. The interiors don't matter. I'm like, what do you mean? What do the you interiors, mean? <laughs> the interiors and the architecture have to go inside. So like my mock-ups and everything would be designed on the inside. They're like, you're wasting time. And I'll never forget. I had a professor pull me to this. <laughs> right? I was like, what do you mean? Like, what, what do you mean we can have our cake and eat it too? <laughs> There is, there is a professor that pulled me to the side and he's like, Eileen, you know, I don't want you to take an offense to this. And I'm not saying that you're not good for architecture, but I see your fascination with interiors. Have you thought of taking maybe a double major or redirecting your focus into, you know, interiors? And at that point, immature, young, I was 19. I was like, oh, he's telling me what a horrible architect. I'm going to prove him wrong, you know? And he was right. He was right because I have the fundamentals of architecture. And yes, I moved forward with architecture. But I love interiors. I love the impact that interiors creates to, on people. I love the short-term satisfaction that you get also from interior design versus architecture where projects are, are longer. And I just fell in love with the fact that we can create something different for every single client, that nothing is the same. It's not just like buy one whole entire package and give it to everybody, mm-hmm. copy, paste. No, it's very personal. It's very, you know, thought out. It's a really long process, but it's a very thorough process, which is what I love. When you enter up space, you can definitely feel when somebody, you know, hired an interior designer when somebody didn't, or maybe yeah. they just like, things are just not meshing well, even though maybe you have the the right products, the, I'm sorry, not products, but the right, you know, you have the items. couch, you have this, you have that, like you have the, you have the items that you think are, you know, mm-hmm. good for the space, but they're not. So why do you think mm-hmm. that people sometimes just don't understand is it is it the size or what is the what is missing in some some people's places i'm not saying anything specific Mm -hmm. but just in general well i think there's a big misconception that 
when you're going to buy something, you just look at that piece and buy it. Design has to be looked as a whole. At least when you're coming, you know, and working with an interior designer, we're first going to discuss the space plan, discuss the way you live, what you want out of the space, what spaces inspire, inspire you, you know. Me personally, it's when I travel, I select where I'm staying based off of that. I care how oh, the wow. room looks. I care. I, I do. And I, I kid you not, literally... My, you know, my birthday's on, on Monday and we're going to leave to London on Tuesday. And I still haven't booked the hotel because I'm indecisive if I want to go with a traditional look hotel of London or if I want to go with something more, more new. So, yeah. and again, it's because everything as a package matters. And that same applies to design. You have to look the, look at everything as a whole, every single element that's coming into play and put that together and see how it layers, you know, there's people who love minimalism and you can have minimalism with touch that's layered. There's people who love maximalism and you could do that in a way where it's simple. I think, you know, it's being very authentic, looking at the space and being very authentic to the story you want to say. Design is storytelling. What story do you want to tell? You know, when you come into my house, you're going to see a mixture of things that we got from our honeymoon, things that we've gotten from our travels. That's the story we want to tell. And maybe it doesn't match to somebody, but when you're telling this story, you're going to see how the space in itself just like develops and it all makes sense because you're being authentic. A hundred percent. And let's just mention real quick that you and your husband are both interior designers. Yeah. Did you guys meet yes. throughout like your journey or like, tell me, tell me about that. So yeah, my husband and I actually met at our Basel. So you know that our <laughs> Basel is like a huge art event here in Miami and he yeah. had his company and I had mine. He still has his company and, you know, we're still competitors at that point. And mm-hmm. we had a mutual friend, which was our wallpaper vendor, um, Christian from Tool and Texture, who's still our vendor and our, and our dear friend. And he would always talk to him about me and he would always talk to, you know, me about him. <laughs> and it's just the way it worked. Like at, at that time, both we were in different, you know, relationships, long story, like fast forward, we realized that our whole entire lives, we were at the same place at the same time. So many times, like we grew up That's in crazy. houses, wow. block, like we had blocks apart. We were like two blocks away from each other. Where we grew up, we went to the same school. We had the same teacher, like, same group of friends. It was insane how it happened, but we didn't meet until we were grown adults and we were ready. That's why I always say like, don't just settle, wait for the person that's meant to be your person. And from the moment that we saw each other and started talking that night, we were inseparable. I mean, we saw each other every single day for like, I don't know how, like six months. And we're like, okay, it was weird because we would look at each other. Like we knew each other from a past life. And I am a firm believer that in our past lives, we knew each other. Because it was like, we were soulmates. I, the only way to explain this, he's my soulmate. That's it. <laughs> As you were saying this, my entire body got goosebumps. And it's not because of my blasting AC. It is because <laughs> I really, I'm very spiritual as well. And yeah. I, I feel like you definitely are soulmates. Let's talk about... Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> let's talk about, you mentioned like you guys are competitors. So would you say that your style and designing is different or you kind of like work well together on some projects? So we, our styles are different. I'm more of a minimalist. I am a firm believer on less is more. Ray's the opposite. Ray's a maximalist. He likes layering and a bunch of color and he does it amazingly. But when it comes to our aesthetic together, it it it's very effortless, which most people are like, but wait, you know, I, I just think that our design styles in our professional lives versus what it is in our personal is very, very different. So although 
we have two different separate companies who different aesthetics, we do collaborate in projects because that's how life is. You're not always going to work with people who think exactly like you. And the reality is that he introduces me to things that are more risque and I introduce him to things that are more minimal. And we've seen Mm -hmm. our aesthetic kind of like have these small details of both of it because we inspire each other. And I think that's what has created the magic that allows us, you know, to really show who we are, create our craft, but still be inspired by something so different, you know, like each other's Mm -hmm. aesthetic. So designing your home, who kind of has the last word? So if you ask my husband, he'll tell you happy wife, happy life. And I will say that's the truth. He's so right. He is so right. (laughs) This is, you know, (laughs) you know, he says happy wife, happy life. Like if there's something that I'm, that I'm by, if there's something that I'm fighting him on, he'll be like, I, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, you know, let God and live. (laughs) But I think when it came to the house, we were able to really like, come together because mm-hmm. our house was an inspiration of places that we had been. For example, we went to Africa on our honeymoon and we brought so many things from, you know, the wine lands and from Cape town that we wanted to incorporate into our aesthetics that we both were on the same page. There's this circle window that he wanted in the dining room that I didn't want necessarily. And now I think it's a beautiful feature. And I, I think it just comes down to, you know, there's going to be times where something really matters to me. And I'm going to tell him, Hey, this really matters to me. I really want this. And he will buy it. And same thing, vice versa. If he wants something specifically that I really don't care for, I'll let him have his way. And I think that's like anything. It's a compromise. You know, you, you can't always get your way, but I would say ultimately if it came down to it and it was something that I was very firm on, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> Shout out to Ray. Good good, good man. Shout out to my husband. (laughs) Okay, I have a question. So let's say if somebody is not really happy with their home, they want to redo their space, but they don't have a lot of budget. How should they start? Or should they start room by room? Or should they start like, you know, maybe change the bedroom first? Or they should start like kind of all over the place? So that's a great question. I I think the main thing is setting priorities. You know, if you don't have a large budget, create a priorities. And I always compare it to buying a house. We all have a list of things that we want, but at some point we're going to have to compromise and say, okay, this isn't as important. So first start off at the top of the list of, you know, of the spaces that are most important to you. If the living room is the area that you use the most or your master bedroom, you want an oasis and something to escape, prioritize that. Because that's going to allow you also to grow, you know, that's going to allow you to really tap into your creative side and see what your aesthetic is. So first start off with prioritizing what's important to you. And second, set yourself a realistic budget. You know, everybody always talks about, no, I went over budget, over budget. The truth is, if you don't set yourself a realistic budget, then you're not going to be able to have anything to attach to and know what you're shopping for. You know, if I'm you know, my budget is a Mercedes Benz. I'm not going into Rolls Royce to go look at a car because anything I look at is not going to compare. So mm-hmm. stick to what your budget is and then develop from there on out. You know, there's a big misconception that you need to have millions of dollars. And yeah, you know, there, you could do crazy things with millions of dollars. I'm not saying it's not the case, mm-hmm. but if you also have a more limited budget, then prioritize the things that are important to you. And I always say the one trick that makes anything, any space look new is a fresh coat of paint. Give a whole entire fresh coat of paint to any space, and that just gives everything a sense of uni- you know uniformity that mm-hmm. spaces need. Wow, that is great advice, and I never thought about that. And it's actually very true because whenever you see like you know those little, I mean, I even see it right here, like some line on the wall. It just doesn't look doesn't clean. Look inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look clean. 
So with the pandemic, I feel like we've seen a lot of changes. Obviously, the whole world changed, but also a lot of people started working from home. Mm-hmm. How did that change the design world? Or like, because I see myself now investing way more money into like my mm-hmm. equipment, my setup, my, mm-hmm. I mean, even this, uh, you know, my mic, my stand, like I never thought in a million years that I'm going to invest money into a stand for my mic, mm-hmm. because I would maybe usually go to a studio and record. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, the pandemic, I think highlighted an area that Some people paid attention to, but also didn't pay attention to, which is their home. You know, people realize the importance of their home becoming their sanctuary and having different spaces to fulfill different needs. I think it highlighted our industry in a way where people started paying attention to the impact that good design had in their spaces, but it also showed bad design in their spaces. I think that also opened up to, you know, people wanting to have a home office, a home gym, a theater, and seeing spaces as compartmentalized. You know, I would say maybe four years ago, the big open space plan was a dream, a big giant loft where everything was floating. That's not the case anymore because God forbid we have another pandemic and we have to shut down. You know, if you have children in one room, if you have your husband working another one, you have, you know, I don't know, your mother's, how does that work? And I think the pandemic fast forwarded, you know, the aesthetics and that open space plan went out the door and compartmentalizing space and having spaces that are defined has been what we see the shift in our design in our industry, you know, besides the fact that it's highlighted the importance of the places that you live and the offices, the places that you work, uh, you know, it, I think it just provided a spotlight. You, we even see it now in the television. I mean, exhibit A, there's so many home shows. There's so many shows about home and design mm-hmm. and all these things, because again, everybody now has a focus and see their home, not just a place where they go and sleep and hang out on the weekends. No, they see it as a part of their day-to-day, you know, life. This is a perfect segue into your Netflix show, talking about home shows. (laughs) How did that happen? Okay, bougie besties. I wanted to take a quick break to talk to you about someone who is a dear friend and who truly inspires me. Her name is Nikki Spo. So Nikki and I met a few months ago and we immediately connected. She is actually the twin flame I never knew I needed in my life. I love her and I love talking to her. But when I can't talk to her, you know, she gets pretty busy with her two boys and a baby girl on the way. I love listening to her podcast, The Know with Nikki Spo. I'm all about those honest conversations where nothing is off limits from healing your traumas to money, sobriety, marriage, intimacy, creating boundaries, you name it. We are all about living life on your own terms, okay? I mean, I know it's hard to be yourself in this world full of judgment and shame, but it doesn't have to be that way. Nikki's podcast episodes will really help you to own your worth, step into your deep inner knowing, and own your power. Tune into her podcast and to know with Nikki Spo on Apple, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are streaming. Now let's get back to the episode. So I had done some TV stuff in the past before, you know, I had done some segments for CNN and live where we discussed about, you know, home stuff. I mean, this is when I was like 20 years old, 21. I also did a special for, for each channel for Macklemore. We did a renovation for him, I think in like 48 hours. And I just stayed in contact with a producer via Instagram and out of nowhere, one day he calls me out of the blue and I look at my phone. I'm like, why is Gardner calling me? You know? And I answered, he's like, Eileen, I see everything you're doing. Oh my God. It's been so long. It's been amazing. 
you know, what have you been up to? So I gave him the recap. Hey, I got married. You know, my husband does the same thing I do. He's like, oh, so you guys work together? I'm like, no, we're competitors. So he's like, what? That Can we get on a Skype? I was like, sure. Okay. So we got on a Skype. That resulted to them flying down and filming what they call a reel. And a reel is basically, you know, the pilot of a show that gets pitched to networks. They created that pilot and... We got three hits, you know, they, they were there at the beginning. They're like, you know, you may not hear from anybody for a while and it's okay if you don't get, you know, any feedback the following day after I had been submitted we get a call from the production company. They're like, Hey, Netflix wants to have a Skype with you. And we're like, okay, you know, let's do it. Let's do it. So we got on a Skype, you know, with Netflix and it just so happened to be that the executive producer who was the producer in the show of Macklemore had done. Now he works for Netflix. So when I saw his face, I was like, oh my God, like the way the world turns, you know, and that led, you know, fast forward, like, you know, making the story, a small compact version of it Mm -hmm. that led to, you know, us having the show and, you know, having the show at Netflix here we are today. Wow. That is yeah. amazing. Okay. So tell me about that experience. I don't, I never wow. filmed a show like that, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, how, how, how did that go? So you got casted in the show. Obviously it's filmed mm-hmm. here. It's called designing Miami, yeah. but, um, it's not, uh, airing yet, but tell me, tell me about yeah. the show. So the show is based on my studio, which is Stereo Design, and my husband's studio, so which is Raymond Nicholas. And it's just pretty much a small glimpse of our lives as a couple, our lives as competitors, and our lives within our companies and what we do every single day, which is high-end design for commercial and residential projects here in Miami. You know, but filming it was insane because we filmed for eight months. Usually shows are wow. filmed in a few weeks. So like maybe three months, we filmed for eight months, four days a week. So it was filming our real life, what we were doing in real life here Mm -hmm. and also working at the same time. So we're juggling 19 projects while we're juggling also, you know, this show that we're doing. And and again, it was new for us. We had never done any type of of TV show ever. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was new. All we knew from the beginning was that if we wanted this to be a success and if we wanted this For us to be proud of it, we had to be authentic. And in being authentic, we literally showed everything. You know, at that point, my husband was going through spitting up a partnership that he had of a previous company and going on his own. So that process, me in the middle of the renovation of my office, which I mean, I was building, you know, a whole entire office from the ground up in the middle of, of, you know, working for clients. So all of that, the day-to-day struggles, you know, as a couple, the baby talk, when are you guys going to have a baby? Uh, You know, so many things of Mm. our lives that, are just what's happening. What happened then and there was what sh- is going to be showcased. And, you know, now it comes out on September 21st. And for us, it's like seeing a memory because it happened so long ago. You know, we started filming in June of 2021 and, and it's been over a year. So now we're just excited to kind of show everybody what we've been working on and been so quietly hush hush for so long. No, amazing. I'm so excited to watch it. Uh, how was that for you? I mean, you were living with cameras, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was tough, but I think it gets to a point where the crew also becomes like your family. You know, you're together for so long. You're together four days out of the week in being with somebody for that long. You become kind of like a family. You become, you know, like this one person. So obviously there's moments of stress where you don't want anybody around you, but guess what? You signed up for this. This is 
Yeah. This is just the way it is. So I think, you know, as long as you, I, one of the things that I, I always tried very hard to remember was that every person that was there and we're talking about it's a crew of 30 people, you know, everybody that was there was waking up every single day to make a show for us. And that's something that I'm so grateful for. And that everybody who's worked to make a show for us, to make us and display us in what we're doing every single day. And that was what made me be like, okay, fine. Stop being, you know, stop being, stop mm-hmm. being a pain. Just be grateful. <laughs> Oh, I loved it. What was your favorite part of the show and, and like the whole experience filming and, wow. you know, I mean, I'll never forget at the beginning when we were talking to the production company, they were like, you know, if you could have your dream, well, if you could have your show on like your dream platform, what would it be? And I said, Netflix, you know, I was like, of course, Netflix. Like, I mean, we're talking about that when the show airs, it airs to 220 million subscribers. So like the whole world can see you. So from the get go, that's something that I want. And I'll never forget when we were getting on the call with the production company, cause they were going to let us know which is the network that had decided. And they told me that it was Netflix. I'll never forget. I was outside my office, like in the corridor. And I was screaming so loud from excitement that the cars were passing by thinking something was wrong with me. Cause I was like, yes! <laughs> like I couldn't like, I couldn't Coco, you can't like, I can't like, I, I think about it this way. Like things like this don't happen to people like us. Like we work really hard, but it's not something that you imagine like, okay, this opportunity is going to come to you and it's going to, I'm that person who's, I'm always like, "Mm, it's too good to be true. You know what I mean? And I was waiting for that moment again, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm that person. I'm like, you know, I don't know. And I were, and like, I, I, I celebrate things, but I also don't celebrate them until they, you know, they're fully because I'm like fearful Mm -hmm. of like it, not, you know, and not coming to fruition. So exactly. So when it happened, I was like, how is, how is this even happening? So I think that's something that I hold very dear and I'll never forget the last day of filming, the last day of filming when like the crew packed up and you know, they did like this goodbye party and stuff. I was so sad because I was like, for so long, I, I was so over filming and so tired, you know, from my waking up early in the morning to do my hair and makeup and doing all of this. And that moment where it was like the end of it, I was like, wow, like that, all of that. I think those are memories that I hold very, very, very dear to me. Wow, I I I'm so so pumped to watch it. I'm seriously. Yeah, so I can't excited. wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, so, what about this baby talk? What people were asking you, like the <laughs> the baby talk? I feel like people I mean, don't understand how rude it is. Like people in general don't understand how rude it is to ask people. First of all, like, oh, when you're getting married, when yeah. you're gonna have kids, when this, when that. Like, you never know what's going on in people's yeah. lives. So, I mean, I'm I'm sure that every single interview you guys have, you get that question. All of that, yeah. And not only that, it's like a big Latino thing. You know, you get married, you have mm-hmm. kids. So obviously, you know, our families would give anything for us to have, you know, grandkids. But. We, we're in a different world. We're in a different generation where now that's not the mm-hmm. case anymore, where we don't have to have them, you know, in our early thirties. I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I, you know, we're planning it, but we're planning in the time where it's right for both of us, not where it's right for the world or for what the stigma or for, you know, what is right. And I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. we need to make it more of a norm that asking those things um, a family is different, but if you're somebody you don't, you don't know if they are trying and they're having a struggle. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they've gone. I, you know, I know people who've gone through so many miscarriages and the last mm-hmm. thing they want somebody asking them that. And, you know, thankfully that's mm-hmm. not, that's not my case, but still, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it, it's like having to explain yourself. I, I, I always say it. I was like, I don't go around asking dudes when they're going to get their prostate checked. 
You know, I'm not like, hey, time's coming up. Time to check your prostate, you know? Like, oh, so when's the prostate check coming out, you know? Like, we don't do, like, hey, have you got, has, has menopause hit you yet? Like, you know, like, that's, that's, that's my idea. That's, so yeah, I just, just not, yeah, that's just not something you should, like, go around and ask people. I mean, maybe exactly. we should start asking men if they check their prostate. I think the next that's time, the next time somebody asks me, I'm going to be like, are, how's your menopause? How are your hemorrhoids? Tell me how are your hemorrhoids? <laughs> just make it really yeah. awkward. <laughs> yeah, but no, a hundred percent. Like I just posted, it, it was my boyfriend's birthday yesterday, so I posted a photo happy birthday to him. I don't. Yes, another Virgo, just like you. Um, I like it. So he, you know, we have, I don't post him as much anymore because people like always have these random questions but even today when i posted and people are like oh can't wait for your babies can't wait for your babies when you're gonna have babies and like first of all we're we're still not there yet and but we yeah. would love to have them one day when we get married and all that but I'm just like you know i was thinking if i was going through a situation like you mentioned like a miscarriage or something similar i would not want to see that comment so yeah exactly is, and that's what i'm yeah, saying it's just it's just not yeah how did your family react when you told them like you're gonna be on netflix and all that so thankfully part of our family is part of Netflix. So, you know, when I say this is a, a, it digs deep into our life, our professional life, also our personal life, it does because you're a part of it too. But, you know, for so long, I mean, this was a very long process that we had to keep very under the radar, very hush hush. So when I first, you know, and my husband's family is huge. My husband is Dominican. So on his side, they're like 40 on my side, wow. they're like seven. Yeah. You know, when we got married, I was like, guys, y'all need to mix up. You can't do left and right, like her side, his side, because mine's going to be seven, his is 40. You no, know, like mix up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a, it's a big family. So I was like, hey, guys, we have some news to share with you. And of course, everybody thought we were, I was going to tell everybody I was pregnant. Everybody was waiting like, yeah, yeah I'm like, yeah. you know, so we got on a Zoom and we told them, everybody was like, what do you mean? Like, how is it possible? Like, how did you guys do this? Like the whole thing. They were, I mean, they were very, very, very supportive and they're still very excited. They're our biggest cheerleaders and we're, we're really, really excited that they're a part of it and that they support it so much. Okay. I love that. Okay. I have a few more interior design questions for you. If somebody Hit wants me. to do like a quick refresh besides the mm -hmm. paint, would you say maybe like, I always feel like flowers are the way to go, but I'm sure that mm -hmm. you have some other tips that they can do maybe to brighten their space up. So, well, I mean, obviously, besides the fact of painting, you could always add some accent wallpaper. The wallpaper gives a whole new fresh look to a room. You can, something so simple that I always say, make sure your light bulbs are all the same color and hopefully they're warm white, not bright white, so that your bulbs, all the colors are consistent, you know, and play around with the lighting. I feel that the lighting can affect the mood a lot. So if you want a big, bright, open space, you know, try to bring all the natural light in. If the room is dark, try to keep it lighter in that aspect. And like I mentioned, you know, painting the room is a quick refresh. Having flowers, I think bringing in flowers, some candles, you know, all of that creates a new space. And one trick that I always like to say is if you can't afford to really revamp a whole entire space, just move your furniture around like... Mm -hmm kind of yeah. look like that <laughs> that's yeah grab like move everything around like create different layouts and it makes a whole new space we do it literally on the weekends we're like babe you want to move this bookshelf you know that's what interior designers do play around with it rearrange things rearrange the way you have accessories and it gives it a whole entire new life without you spending a dime mm -hmm. what about people who work from home and maybe like mm -hmm. 
both of them work from home. Maybe they have kids. How would you, and maybe they live in a smaller space currently. How would you suggest mm -hmm. them to kind of organize themselves in a way that, you know, everybody still has their own workspace, but mm -hmm. it's not constantly connected with like your living space? Because I feel like that's an issue for me that I work where I live because as a content mm -hmm. creator, I just film and shoot everywhere all the time. I feel like I don't have that safe oasis where I just escape. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important if you don't have a designated space, even if it's not large, get an area that's for you, whether it's a console, a desk, a space where you know that you're going there to fulfill certain tasks and that you're going to work there and that you disassociate it. Because what tends to happen is if you work from home and I worked from home for a very long time before I had my office, so I know what it's like. There's no distinction between like work hours and personal hours. Mm -hmm. So by having a separated space, no matter how small maybe that that is what it's intended for creates that distinction. So when you go to the living room, what you're going for, or, you know, the kitchen, it's completely separate than when you're sitting and focused, whether it's to read, whether it's to work, whether it's to create content that you have a designated space and that that space soothes you and allows you to create what you're going to create. So, you know, if you need motivation, something, you know, maybe some people like to have candles and fresh flowers, have that in that space. So when you go into that, that area, your mindset is focused on that's a task you're going to fulfill. And that applies to every other area for kids, an area where they can, you know, have and do their homework, do their reading that it's associated. So they know when it's time to do that, that's where they're going to go versus let me do it in the kitchen counter. Let me do it in the living room. And mm -hmm. I don't have children, so I don't, know to say, Hey, listen, like, yes, it's very easy for me to designate them in one area, but I can say if you make it a consistent habit to go to one area for something that you want to focus on, your body unconsciously will associate that with the task. And you're going to be able to separate, you know, your living quarters from your working quarters. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that your style is more minimal and your husband is more like, um, maximalist. How, how do we maximalist? If people don't understand their style, how would they learn what their style is, what their interior design style? So I would say, look at images or places that you feel that resonate with you, you know, go, for example, you know, if you go to a hotel and you fall in love with that hotel and you say, wow, I would love to live in this space and see what that space defines of, see what that space is. Is it a modern space? Is it a traditional space? Is it a transitional space, contemporary, eclectic and see what what that space has and draw inspiration from that. So for example, if you're a minimalist, you're going to go more mainstream. You're going to see, you know, that the aspect of less is more and those spaces are going to be the spaces you're going to be attracted to. So when it comes to applying it to yourself, you're going to want less things, whether you're a minimalist or a maximalist, you can like everything. There are spaces that are super traditional that are very minimal, but there are spaces that are traditional that are maximalist. So the spectrum, it's like, you know, that what you're able to create is really based on what you feel identifies with you. So create taking cues from those places and seeing, oh my God, I love this space. What is it that that space has that you love and take inspiration from that? Mm -hmm. What inspires you? Oof, that's a deep question. <laughs> you know, I, I have to say that for me, everything, every time I travel, it inspires me. And the reason why is because Getting to know different architecture, different cultures, different ways of living, because the way we live here as Americans is very different than somebody who lives in England or somebody who lives in Australia. And I think learning that culture and learning 
what's beautiful about their culture and the spaces and their countries inspires me to want to incorporate that into my design versus having you know, one universal design that works for everybody. Why? Because our clientele is so diverse that I want to be able to connect and take inspiration from those things. So much of our work is inspired on Australian design, Swedish design, Mm -hmm. English design in ways that you will never see in their country, but we're taking inspiration from that and infusing it into our design. And I think that's one of the main things, you know, when it comes to, to pulling inspiration is feeling where you can connect how you can connect to people and and how that impacts, you know, besides traveling, I would say it's the clients and the people we work with, you know, when I meet a client and I understand who they are and I, I see how they live, what their traits are, what their quirks are. That's what inspires me to create for them. Cause at the end of the day, they're hiring me to design for them based on how they live, not what I love. So being able to be like a conduit between a client's vision and like great aesthetics is my favorite thing. Love that. I was about to ask you, how do you start working? Okay, so let's say I'm your client and I want you to work Mm -hmm. for me. How does that go? Like, what would you do? I never had an interior designer and I don't know anything about that. So like, what would you do with your clients? How, How would they even know to tell you what they like? So the first thing I always say is first, let's look at the space plan. Let's look at the scope of work and let's discuss your needs. What are you looking? Let's say the project is your residence. What are you looking at at this residence? Are you a person who's an entertainer? Are you a homebody and don't like to entertain? Do you like, you know, working out from home? Do you like working from home? And all of these cues of who they are as individuals from a a functionality standpoint, because I do believe that you can have great aesthetics and functional spaces. From there on, I asked the same question of what I said before, which is what hotels do you like? What places have you visited that have resonated with you? Is there a restaurant? Is there something somewhere you've been that you snapped a photo that you saying, if I can live here for the rest of my life, I would live here. You know, and we have Instagram nowadays. I mean, images are Pinterest is like the rabbit mm-hmm. hole. So it's very easy for us to say, okay, send us what inspires you. And that helps us understand, okay, are you more on the classical side, the traditional side, the modern, the contemporary? Because at the end of the day, we want to create something that's beautiful to you, not something that's beautiful to us. I love that. Okay. Well, hopefully I will have a house soon that you can help me <laughs> interior design. You got um, it. And you got dibs. That's it. That's it. You <laughs> count on it. Whenever you're ready, I'm there. I'm there. So you said your birthday is Monday. You're traveling to yes. uh, England. Do you guys, yes, what was your right favorite place you traveled to? You said you went to Africa for a honeymoon. You're going to mm-hmm. England. Where do you I go? would have to say Africa. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, my favorite place to to that we've gone before that was obviously Greece, but Africa. I Africa changed me, and if you ask the girls here in mm-hmm. the office, they'll tell you. Like after I went to Africa, I came back changed. Like life, it's just it's a different. It's it's hard to explain unless you actually go. It's you go there mm-hmm. and you see. You know, for so long, we grew up looking at animals on TV. We've seen Lion King. When we want to go see them, we go to the zoo. You know. But we've never seen animals in the wild in their natural habitat and like the start and the creation of the world. You know what I mean? So being mm-hmm. in a place like that, there's an air of Africa that's just different, that's pure, that's clean. It, it, I don't know. It just it showed me that the world is so big and that, you know, the problems mm-hmm. that we have and the things we focus on are so minor. And I think that really resonated and it left an impact on me forever. And I'm so glad we went because it was right before the pandemic. So I'm glad we were able to go. Wow. Yeah, I, I've never been to Africa. And funny, I was talking to a friend of mine to do like, like whenever we 
maybe when you were, we're 35, also trying to figure out when we're going to go to Africa and just like do a little peace mission or something. I don't know what we're going to do, but I, I would really love to do that because I feel like we take this life here so for granted. And I see that mm -hmm. mostly when I go back home. I mean, I'm born and raised Croatian. So like life mm -hmm. there is way different than life in the US. Mm -hmm. And whenever I go back there, I mean, just I, I can just see such a huge difference. But yeah, I would love to travel more. I feel like I didn't travel like a lot in my life. Well, whenever you go back, let me know. I'll join you because I, I mean, I yeah. would go back. I would go back in a heartbeat. Anytime anybody tells me what's the one place, Africa. Africa is the one place. You always look so well put together, by the way. <gasps> it's because I showered today. <laughs> I Tell showered for you, Coco. <laughs> Do you have any like makeup or beauty uh, tips and tricks that you like? Like your hair. Oh my God. I, like, I'm oh the worst person for this. Thank you. Well, I will mm -hmm. say I get my hair blow dried once a week. So it doesn't even count. I don't even do it myself. I get my hair blow dried once mm -hmm. a week. But I... I'm not good at it. I've tried learning, you know, the whole thing with makeup, but I'm again, mm -hmm. similar to my aesthetic, less is more. I'm not that person who does crazy makeup. Whenever I get my makeup professionally done, it's somebody else who like knows exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But I try to just keep it very simple, keep it, you know, very clean, keep it very real. And I think it boils down to kind of like how I see life of being really authentic. Listen, we all love our Instagram filters because they make us look like a million bucks mm -hmm. without having to do anything. But in real life, you want to be authentic. You want to be yourself. You don't want to have like a cake, you know, and unless if, if you want to have a lot of makeup, because that's what you feel beautiful. And that is what mm -hmm. your true authentic self says, then go for it. But I think with me, it's, I, you know, I just want to keep it very simple where it's, you know, a few things here and there. But tips and tricks, I would be the worst person. I can build you and design you building from the ground up. But if you ask me for makeup tips, I'm the worst person. I, you know, I'm horrible. But thank you. I appreciate I'm glad the effort does not go unnoticed. So let's say if somebody does want to become an interior designer, but they just don't know where to start. What would you okay. say? How can they kind of dabble in the field? So there's two realms that you can, you know, two routes you can take. Either you're going to take the, the educational route, which the education is fundamental for starting off in any interior design studio, you know, going to college and studying, you know, the proper education to understand the fundamentals, or you have the experience because you've worked in an interior design studio. You've already, you know, dragged your feet through every single project and everything and have what it takes. So you're going to have to have either of those, you know, and always when you start off in anything, it's okay to start at the bottom, not knowing. So if you don't know where to start, you just have to actually just start, reach out to local, you know, designers or people you look up to and say, Hey, you know, are you looking for any interns, you know, doing an internship and seeing if this is really what you want to do. Cause a lot of people have the misconception that all we do is fluff pillows and pick paint colors. And mm -hmm. I hate to break it to you, but that's not what we do. You know, there's a lot of hard work. <laughs> it's a lot of contractor, a lot of coordinating, a lot of babysitting, a lot of technical And you have to genuinely love that to be able to really be a part of it. But either go the education route, get your education, which that'll allow you to put you your foot in the door into an interior design studio or get the, the, the experience that you need and really just go balls to the wall. Okay. So you guys are going to London on Monday. Uh, how long mm -hmm. are you staying? What are you guys planning on besides celebrating you? I haven't, I haven't gone that far. Okay. I just, said, mm -hmm. I just this morning, I made the decision. I was like, okay, fine. We're going with the traditional King Louis 
traditional style, <laughs> you know, hotel, everything else. Yeah. To be honest, you know, um, I, I just really want to go spend a good time, you know, like eat. I love food. Like I love mm-hmm. food. So to go eat, drink and, you know, not for anything, but Ray really is like my best friend. And I love traveling with mm-hmm. him because we have so much fun together. And when we travel together, we're just like, it's like a whole entire new adventure. So to be honest, going, I think that, you know, I am a control freak. You know this, I'm a Virgo. I'm a control freak. (laughs) So the fact that we're booking this now and that we don't have anything planned, Ray's like, oh my God, I love this. And I'm like, ah, but I'm kind of go with the flow and just being like, okay, you know, whatever, wherever we go, we go. I just know we're going to have a good time. Now, what we're going to do, I don't know. I just know we're going to have a good time. But we're there what for, is- uh, for I think, for five, six, six days, seven days, seven days. Okay, Eileen, so you have this Netflix show coming on that we're all going to watch. You said it's airing when exactly? So the trailer comes out September 7th, so you guys can get a preview of what it's like. And the show airs September 21st on Netflix. So take off the notification where it says, are you still watching? Yes, just watch it on repeat. <laughs> Tell everybody, tell your mom, tell your wives, tell your girlfriends, tell your side chick, tell everybody to watch it. <laughs> Hopefully there's no side chicks. No Hopefully there's no side chicks. No side chicks. No, 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 no. Eileen, this was wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you so much me. for being here. Of course. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please send it to a friend, rate, review, put five stars, watch Eileen on Netflix, follow her on Instagram and all that. And I hope to see you guys in the next episode.